Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Google. No Amazon.com. No email. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 26 of a Walking Dead television podcast. Uh, my name is Jordan from Jersey, and I'm joined tonight by Russ Latham and a special guest, Mr. Aaron North. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. good. Yeah, Brad and John and Jim can't make it quite yet, but uh, we're going to be talking about Tell It to the Frogs tonight. We're going to be doing our commentary episodes, so there's tons of news piling up. We'll get to that in two weeks, but for now, we're going to be talking about uh, an awesome episode that introduces many people's favorite character from the show. But before we get to that... Aaron, like I said, welcome to the show, and why don't you tell our listeners who you are and uh, where they can find you online? Oh, thanks for the welcome. Um, yeah, I have, I'm, a, I'm a movie I'm a movie reviewer, I guess. That's the best way to kind of put it. I uh, have a real job as well, but I uh, write movie reviews, and I uh, have my own blog, thecodeofzeke.blogspot.com, but um, you guys actually have been gracious enough to supply, with my, supply me with my own um, page on the HHWLOD website, which I've been quite grateful for. And um, besides my blog, I also contribute to a website, um, whysoblue.com, uh, Blue as in Blu-ray, and I serve as their theatrical reviewer. And I also I write a number of – I cover some events sometimes, so get a lot of different kind of articles out there, but mainly mainly uh, theatrical reviews. And um, I also have uh, recently started up my own podcast with a friend of mine, Abe. It's called uh, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, and uh, we're uh, slowly building a uh, – Slowly building a following. We're having we're having a good time doing that show, and uh, who knows, maybe maybe more people will hear about it soon enough. I think that's a distinct possibility. Russ, why don't you tell us about this episode's sponsor? This episode is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com, where you can find fantastic discounts on all of your pre-order monthly comics, trade paperbacks, hardcovers, toys, all kinds of goodies at DCBService.com. Um, some of the specials that they've got going on this month on the comic side, that's non-Walking Dead. I always like to tr- throw in at least one or two non-Walking Dead things. Um, but the Fantastic Four by John Byrne Omnibus Hardcover. This thing is a huge tome. Um, it, it's right, right now on DCBS at 50% off. It's an it's a advanced solicit, sixty two fifty. So this is a $125 Hardcover. If if you're familiar with those Marvel Omnibuy, they're usually thirty to forty issues in a, a bundle. I think this one is over a thousand pages, or right at a thousand pages, and um, it's it's the first part of John Byrne's awesome run um, of Fantastic Four in the in the '80s, where he wrote many many issues and then wrote and drew uh, many issues as well. And there's a lot of cool stuff um, back then. It's it's really kind of the rise of Dr. Doom being a really interesting and cool villain. Um, he started to use Sue Storm in really neat and interesting ways uh, that I think still have repercussions to this day. So if you if you remember that run for the 80s or are interested in that run for the 80s, this is like classic, awesome, fantastic four, and I highly, highly recommend it. 
on the Walking Dead side, they have resolicited yet again a new printing of the Walking Dead Compendium Volume 1. And this is the first 48 issues of the Walking Dead monthly comic all in one book. And um, I think either Brad or, or uh, John has said before, you could like kill a small child with this, uh, this <laughs> book. It is, it is huge. Um, but it's really cool to, to have it you know, on your shelf that you could just you know, pull it out and thumb through it and, um, and get everything all in one, in one sit, sitting. And the price on that is the discounted price is thirty five ninety nine. So it's a great price for, um, I think it's almost eight hundred pages uh, or almost nine hundred pages rather of of comic material all in in one book. And it'll be a while before we see volume two. They're on the they're in the eighties right now. So I guess we're another year year and a half away from possibly a volume two compendium. Um, so that'll be cool. We also have um, I guess this month is the Walking Dead monthly number 88 and then we have continuing the walking dead weekly which we have issues 31 32 33 and 34 and of course those are the reprints um these are the these are the reprints of the the monthlies from from way back when that folks that jumped on late and are have that crazy collector mentality like i do want to get and the price on all of the monthly stuff is 179 so again if you are a new customer to DCB service um, or haven't ordered from them um, in at least a year, you could use the code WD8 and it will give you an additional 8% off of your order. So again, we thank Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com for their sponsorship for the Walking Dead TV podcast. Yeah, if you are a listener to the show and you love the Walking Dead television show and you haven't read the book yet, there is, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm aware, no better value out there than to buy that compendium edition. Um, it's an absolutely fantastic read, and uh, for that price, you, you cannot beat it. It's the first eight trades. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess for eight trades, I was paying like twelve bucks a trade. So I mean, you can see the 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 savings right there. Um, I wish the the compendium edition had been out when I first started reading because I would have definitely picked that up. It's a monster. So with all that out of the way, we're going to get right into our episode commentary. Like I said, the news and all that kind of discussion will be next episode. But so if you're watching the iTunes version, you're going to want to queue up the file to about eight seconds in. Um, right after the AMC original series logo fades out, it's going to go to black. And then if you pause it right as it comes back up, you're going to see um, the skyline of Atlanta, kind of. You're, you can't actually see the skyline. You're just seeing the edge of the building. Um, and there's a little bracket holding that pipe in the background. That should be just to the right of center of the frame for you. Not quite two-thirds over, but right to the right of center. And if you are watching the DVD or the Blu-ray copy, you're going to want to queue up to two seconds in. And uh, we're going to count down three, two, one, unpause. And when we say unpause, just unpause your player and watch along with us. Everybody ready? We're going to count down three, two, one, unpause. And uh, I know a lot of people were kind of a little bit shaky on Michael Rooker in the first episode for, for a variety of reasons. They didn't quite understand the character, different things like that. But I think any doubt, at least I had, about his portrayal of this character or what the purpose of this character was, was washed away with this scene. 
I completely agree. I believe I, I, I was I was writing in a lot during uh, your guys's uh, the initial episodes, and yeah, I, I wrote in about how I didn't like Michael Rooker on the second episode, and then it completely changed my mind in his his one scene in this episode here. It's an absolutely transcendent performance. Yeah, after Mallrats, uh, Rooker is one of those great character actors. He can really do no wrong. I, I'll just watch whatever whatever he's in because he's always going to put in a pretty top notch performance for sure. Can we call him the Rook? That's just <laughs> let's just start calling him the Rook. Well, yeah, we'll make that up. Rook Austin. takes the, on the, the original lead of Castle. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of Mallrats, I, I might have said this on the show before, but that was probably the first thing I ever saw him in, and he played such a convincing a hole that it took me probably up till actually The Walking Dead before I was able to see him as anything else. You know, it just I. There's certain people, certain actors that they play that that role so well that I I come to literally dislike them. Like I I don't want to watch things with them in it because I just see that person and that's not a person I'd like in real life. Um, so so he's finally broken that for me. But for a while, like even what was it? Slither was he in? Slither. I, I as soon as I saw him in, I was like, I can't watch this. Like that character just bothers me for some reason. But but he he does a nice little play on that here. I think uh, Cliffhanger was the first role that I can remember seeing him in. Yeah, noticeably, yep. where he's uh, he's Gabe's like former friend, and then like his his wife dies at the beginning of that film. And then yep, Henry we, Portrait of a Serial Killer, and yep, for lots sure. of memorable roles. I'm just happy that we made a Cliffhanger reference. <laughs> <laughs> that is our one Stallone reference for the evening. Okay, now this scene is cool. I like uh, the zombies break in, and it's. It's almost shocking. Like you're just like you're you're wrapped up in like Rooker, just like ha- having all these different kind of thoughts. He's reflecting on his life. He's going crazy. He wants to get out, and then zombies come in. He's like, "Oh yeah, there's zombies on this show." Yeah, he, he's trapped in one terrible moment, remembering another terrible moment, yeah. and then another terrible moment literally breaks through the door to get to him. And just yeah, look at him here. God, he's he's in it. <laughs> and he has some great makeup there to make him look all sunburned and. Mm-hmm. I wonder how hot it was to be on that roof filming. Yeah, I've heard interviews where they say it was it was pretty obnoxious, but it helped them get into character, you know. For sure. If it's anything like Texas has been lately, it's like ridiculously hot, and it's only June. How, I mean, I know yesterday here just in Jersey it was ninety nine degrees. Yeah, we've been over a hundred consistently for over a week. I like that belt buckle. I wonder if if Rooker ever, if we finally get confirmed that Rooker's going to be in season two, if we'll get like a flashback scene to him cutting off his hand. I heard something that he's confirmed he will be back, or he's pretty sure he'll be back, but he didn't confirm that it would be season two. So it may be season three before he comes back. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of did a little bit of what Aaron's saying and maybe have him in a flashback, but don't actually introduce him into the actual uh nar- the actual linear narrative until maybe right. season three mm. right now question um we i believe it was said that the theme music that by barry by barry mccurry that which is quite good i really like the theme music of the show it's it's altered in every episode have you guys have any 
Have you yeah, I meant that? to go back and check that, and thank you for reminding me because I, I really should. I got the impression it would be like major changes. It would just be like maybe there's a violin in the background in one, and uh, you know, an oboe for lack of a better instrument in the background of another. You know, something just to give it a little slightly different flavor. Yeah, I think but maybe no, it's just I, very maybe it's just very subtle. Very likely, yeah. Because I, like I said, I haven't gone back and checked it yet, but nothing sticks out as oh, well, that's obviously different. I like that dialogue, except maybe Daryl. <laughs> he, he might be upset that his brother's been left behind for dead. That's Just a razor wire bit. there. <laughs> old school. Uh, it's like the old school, like when, when you're in a little kid in middle school and you got your clubhouse and you set up traps, the cans and everything. Here's Jim looking happy as ever. And hear the red shirts in the background. <laughs> yeah. Dale up on the RV. And there's some there's a couple continuity errors here with his hair length. Mm. Um I guess uh I I wanted to be on this episode in particular, so I'm happy to be a part of it because I besides the pilot, which is kind of its own thing, I this is my favorite episode of the season. I think it uh I think it's the best example of what a Walking Dead episode should kind of on average be like. And uh, I, re- I really like it a lot, <laughs> actually. Um, I think Shane in particular, Shane is my, dis- despite having, I certainly don't agree with like a lot of things. He like, He's not a great person, per se, but he's my favorite character in this TV version of the show thus far. Right. And I, th- I think this, this episode does a really good job of... Uh, kind of getting across who he is. Yeah, there's a lot of great character work at this episode. I mean, particularly sure. him, but um with Rick and and Carl and and everybody really gets a, l- a little bit here and there, but him in particular, there's yeah. some good stuff. He has he has a lot of good lines in this one too. He has a lot of, some one-liners later on in the episode which I don't like a lot. This show has a lot of characters that you love to hate, you know? Yeah. Usually yeah. in a show there's there's one maybe two in this show, there's there's at least three or four. <laughs> That'll probably amp up as we see more characters coming in in the next season too. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like the comic. You know, they they kind of they kind of go through those phases too, where there's characters that you just you just love to hate or hate to hate. And that's a that's yeah. another reason why I like this episode quite a bit because it's like the the first episode does a great job of like it's it's mainly the Rick show, and then this the second episode is kind of it's more the zombie kind of show the zombie action off and like what kind of level of gore and stuff they're going to get into on the series. But then this one brings it back to the characters and I, I admire that a lot. It's a lot. It's very much like the comic in that way. Ed was just in the background. I think that's, or he's right there in the foreground too. I think that's the first time we see him. It's so great there. I mean, you can't see it in this particular shot right here, but just a few seconds ago, you could see the Atlanta skyline behind them in the background. So great that they got that location. Yeah, and I like that they do that to help you keep it grounded in the fact that they're they're not way off in the fringes of the backwoods somewhere. That they're they're not that far from civilization. You know that they are in a wooded area and they're trying to keep safe, but um, 
you know, civilization is is in their back door, and I think they do a better job in the TV show that honestly than they do in the comic. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's hard to communicate a whole scope of things within drawings, I guess, opposed to having a a film TV show with actual locations. Yeah, and it's easy to you know pan the camera around or pan yeah. it up and pan it down, you know, on film and in two seconds. Whereas, you know, with the with the book, you're limited to X number of panels per page or per book or um, per volume or whatever. So you got to be careful how you you spend that. And here, here we get our great lost style reunion scene. Everybody else is hugging. We're about to get about to have Rick walk into camp, and this is. I mean, I think we were discussing this last episode, but this is pretty much straight from the comics. Um, you really, really feel that emotion very well. I yeah, agree. They, they Sorry, I, I, I agree with that. And um, But if there's one flaw in these first couple of episodes, not a flaw, but just something I, I would have done differently. Um, I think I would have held this to, at the end of the second episode or have like this reunion come with the cliffhanger being like, Lori and Shane both having kind of a an ominous look in their eyes of oh no, <laughs> Rick's still alive after all. Yeah, that, that I, I thought, think that would have been more effective. But the the second episode was so jam packed with stuff. So yeah, I think yeah. What I would have cut. Yeah. It's a. I don't, I don't know how to how to how I would have written that differently. Maybe have a set the second episode be a another extended episode like the first one or right. Yeah. I think they did a really good job of making Rick feel like he wasn't going to come across them, you know, that, that he was just going to a camp somewhere and, you know, had no, it's almost like at this point he had no thought that his family was actually going to be there. Um, That's kind of what I thought the first season would be like. I thought it would be a lot more Rick without trying to, find his family if they were going to change it that much but no they're going through plot points right away so i appreciate that too. when you're paying to cast the main characters you want to have them on screen as much as possible yeah yeah so. yeah it'd be it'd be difficult to sell a show about one guy for <laughs> the majority of a season before he finally gets to the main rest of the cast yeah all right cool dale time i love jeffrey demon i think he wasn't who I pictured for Dale when they cast him, but talk about spot on and just incredible casting. That guy that's, just it just knocks it out of the park. That's just good. That's the mark of a good character actor. That's what that is. I'm happy that more people will know who Jeffrey DeMunn is, just in general. Exactly. Exactly. And you can watch Shawshank and Green Mile all you want, but... He'll be like, oh, he's on that Walking Dead show. Jeffrey DeMunn? Yeah. He's Dale, the coolest character. <laughs> he, was, he was also in, um, oh, what was he? And he was in the remake of The Blob, too. Yeah. Really? Huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just for the record, we've made references to Cliffhanger and The Blob remake. <laughs> The guys over at the uh, the Talking Dead podcast just did a whole retrospective on his career, so they were looking at several films, including that one. Yeah, here we go with this. 
it's interesting to watch Shane kind of take his some of the stress of his situation out on this on this husband character who pretty much has it coming. Yeah, that was yeah. I'd be curious to know how Shane's leadership was going before Rick came back. If he had to have these talks often. Yeah, the power definitely seems to have gone to his head just a little bit. By the way, this episode is called Tell It to the Frogs, but I subtitle it Rise of the Pants. <laughs> We we certainly we we see it in the the first couple episodes, but since Shane is more prominent here, I, I think it definitely. It, I think people are really starting to catch on to how how high his pants actually are. I've heard that if you bring that up to him, he uh, he gets a little frustrated and uh, <laughs> starts muttering under. He apparently speaks fluent Russian, and he's not from Russia, but he speaks fluent Russian. And apparently, <laughs> That's a fun when he fact. starts, yeah. So when he when you start giving him a hard time about the whole pants thing, he starts muttering under his breath in Russian. I don't know what, but that's that's what I've heard. So that was like a note to self. Probably best not to chide him about the pants. That is an awesome and incredibly specific character trait. Yes. I want to see that on the show. <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna do it just so I can record it and find out what he was saying. I'll be at Comic Con this year, so if I if I see uh, if I see Shane, see John Bernthal, I'll I'll be sure not to mention the pants, <laughs> but hope that someone else does, so I can hear him utter Russian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just just pay the guy five bucks in line ahead of you. Hey, what <laughs> yeah. the pants? I was looking forward to hopefully seeing the season in a, a black and white option, which was. Not necessarily rumored, but that the idea was teased, and I was even at that Comic Con panel. Actually, I was trying to ask that question, but someone beat me to it. But uh, I, I was sad that they didn't have that option here. Maybe for the second season, it'd be nice. Well, if you put it in your TV and turn what is it, the contrast all the way turn down? The contrast or? level. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure That's, there's a way to do it through like VLC Media Player too, but I forget. I prefer mine in a sepia tone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like to watch anything in old school red and blue 3D glasses. <laughs> that said, the show is well shot. Like, it's certainly grainy and saturated. Like, I really love the way they chose to to make this here, how, the visual the visual style of the season. Yeah. It's more apparent in the first episode, of course, but it still works. Did that book behind Lori say Costa Rica? I think so, yeah. <laughs> it's a guidebook. That's their contingency plan. They're trying to get down to Costa Rica. I know from the remake of The Dawn of the Dead, the island thing does not work out. <laughs> <laughs> now go to sleep, son. Mommy and daddy have some issues to work out. <laughs> So one of them is not dressed for the weather particularly well. 
Yeah. <laughs> She's got clothes and a blanket, and he doesn't have either. One of them is going to be particularly uncomfortable this particular night. <laughs> this episode was directed by uh, Gwyneth Horder Payton. I was looking through her IMDb a little bit earlier. She's directed quite a bit of television, actually. She, one of the earliest is back. Remember when they remade Bionic Woman? She oh, yeah. Directed, I try not to. <laughs> she directed an episode of that, but she also directed uh, five episodes of The Shield, Ooh. one of Fringe, one of uh, Battlestar Galactica, two episodes of The Unit, uh, some Criminal Minds and Numbers, Blue Blood, Sons of Anarchy, which I love. Um, of course, this. She did an episode of The Killing, and she's going to be doing an episode of the upcoming uh, Torchwood Miracle Day. Oh. Interesting. And that's just directing. She's done a lot of like AD stuff and second unit um, on many other shows as well. Including second unit work. Second unit work on Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. which is weird because that that movie, actually the the first one came up in conversation yesterday, was the first movie I I ever went to see in theaters. Wow. Bambi was the first movie. And the ending of that movie to this day, probably, because I haven't seen it in 10 years, but always uh, chokes me up. The first Homeward Bound, right? The, yeah, the first one. <laughs> I don't really remember anything about the second, except they spent a lot of time in like an old abandoned apartment building. And doesn't Chance get shot in that one or something? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do have, not have blame you. Guys, have you guys been watching The Killing? I watched, I think they put up, what, the first four or five episodes online for free? I watch those, but I don't have AMC at the moment, so I'll have to check out the DVD when that comes out. What have you? What did you think of it? I, I'm en- I'm enjoying it for the most part. I think it really kind of, I think it took kind of a detour involving a certain character and what would be a red herring. But I mean, for the, I think it's getting back on track now. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see how the season's going to wrap up because it's going to end soon. So. I'm really interested in seeing their next wall. I'm really interested in seeing Breaking Bad because that comes back in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, and that one, that's one I would just buy on iTunes, like sight unseen, because I just got season three on DVD the other day, which is my favorite season of television ever. And I'm watching through it and just remembering how much I absolutely adore the show. But the newest, the next brand new series that comes out is called um, Hell on Wheels. And that one looks really interesting. It's a, a Confederate soldier after the Civil War whose wife was murdered by Union soldiers is now working for the Transcontinental Railroad as they build it and trying to hunt down and kill the men responsible for killing his wife. Hmm. Okay, yeah, so yeah, it looks, looks quite interesting. As Common and Colmini of Deep Space, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. There's a combo. That's a key line, by the way, in the show that we're supposed to be talking about. He won't wake up. That's a, I, like that. yeah. <laughs> I figured it was talk about another show or just talk over this particularly awkward scene. Not an awkwardly done scene, but just an awkward scene to talk over. Now we're going to cut to Shane. It's a great lightning there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somehow sitting on top of that RV and watching people is a lot less creepy when Dale does it. Yep. Well, D- Dale's pants are considerably lower. So. <laughs> True. 
Apparently, he's wearing chucks with no laces, which seems like a bad decision in case you ever have to run anywhere. I just assume they're washing his laces. They're just very thorough. <laughs> she's, cur- she's currently ironing his laces. <laughs> yeah. They're very strict about that police uniform. Gotta have the flat laces. That's, that's dedication, my friend. <laughs> so we have Carol. It's funny in the show, just just like in the comic, they don't they didn't try and I was really worried about this when when it was going to TV is they didn't try and prettyfy everybody. I know we've talked about this from time you know before, but you know, TV tends to just cast it with a whole bunch of pretty people and everybody is, you know, fantastic and in perfect shape and looks great and is attractive all the time. And I like when they do shows like this where it's just like regular people. I mean, you could easily see this being the folks that live next door or across the street or your uncle or your brother, or, you know, whatever. I mean, they're just like normal looking folks um, that are going through this situation, which I think enhances the realism in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. That's it's certainly kind of an everyman quality to even Rick, who's basically a handsome Brit. So, Yeah. <laughs> They had to uh, they had to demystify the allure of Jeffrey DeMunn, but I'm okay with that. He makes a good deal. <laughs> if they've been out there a month, it seems like they should know by now to boil. Shouldn't really have to remind them about that. They lost their water boy. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now, this zombie that we're about to see is, of course, Greg Nicotero. This is the first of two zombies he'll be playing in this season. And we'll talk more about this next episode when we talk about news, but we've finally seen pictures of the television action figures, the first wave of those, the four um, action figures. And Zombie Biter is this particular zombie right here. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the... (laughs) Still no Buster. No, no, the other zombie is Buster. Oh, yeah, yeah, the action figure is... Yeah, I meant in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Here we go. In the face. I like to reimagine this scene set to the Queen song, just like at the end of Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) Kill the queen. Having a ball. We've we Dale need to ask. Him. Dale earned five Sorry. points there for decapitation. <laughs> yeah. We need to seriously ask the re- listeners to start a write-in campaign to getting uh, Buster made as an action figure. No, he is. Yeah, he, yeah, he has oh, an he action is. figure. Yeah, he's he's one of them. Well, what do they call him? Uh, zombie Walker, I believe, because it's Zombie yeah. Walker and uh, Zombie Fighter. We're, or we, need a write-in cam- we need a write-in campaign to have him officially renamed as Buster. Well, you can write on the box with a Sharpie. You need to buy the figure. Oh, here write we go. There's uh, Norman Reese. <laughs> the, the, the television watching rooms of the women across America just got a little bit warmer. There you go. Boondock Saints here. Things could be okay. And all of Dixon's Vixens just stopped listening to this episode. They're just Dixon's watching. <laughs> it's 
it's an impressive squirrel pelt collection that he's been. His uh, action figure comes with the squirrels. It's awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they did a lot of good work with the detail um, on, on all of them. I like it. He, did he make the on Golden Pond reference? That yeah, that's it's it's funny to hear. <laughs> He has the he has the hick attitude yet he's he's quite like he's a cinematic he's a cinephile apparently making old <laughs> golden bond references talking about Dale's hat yes and educated in zombie lore even though we're, I guess these characters aren't supposed to really know zombie knowledge uh, he he's a hunter he knows what he's doing yeah, yeah okay yeah. There's that motorcycle again, and still nobody riding it. <laughs> How did he die? Well, it wasn't the zombies. He took that motorcycle out and laid it down on the highway, and that was that was the end of him. <laughs> but they still recovered the motorcycle. They took what was important. <laughs> Well, I mean, of all the this is just this is of course hypothetical, but of all the characters we've got here, I don't know that I can see any of them necessarily. Maybe Merle. I could maybe see it being Merle's motorcycle. Huh, maybe. Maybe um Yeah. Uh Ironside. Um or Iron Iron Single, sorry, Ironside. Island <laughs> Ironside. Tita. Michael Ironside. <laughs> maybe a T Dog. I was thinking yeah, Aaron maybe. Aaron. Raymond Burr. It's his motorcycle. <laughs> He's got some weird sideburns. <laughs> I never noticed that he throws the squirrels at him before. <laughs> I like that sh- that chain chuck too. Like he just comes in from the side. That's good. Yeah. I like the scene in ja- this. I mean, you're setting up this character right here, and I think I think Norman Reedus does a very good job. Uh, Ch- joke holds legal, man. <laughs> And there's good lines. <laughs> like he's clearly has a he has a he has a temper, but he he's there's a reasonable quality too. He 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 understands. Drop the damn key. <laughs> I want to know the meeting that happened where they decided that geeks was the appropriate term to call these undead people. Well, presumably they would bite the heads off of chickens. I, okay. <laughs> Is that woman in the background? 
Uh, I wasn't. I didn't notice. There was a woman in a black T-shirt in the background. It wasn't Lori. She's right there. All right. I mean, there's a couple people who never really talk or get lines yeah. or anything. Log- you just kind of occasionally see them. Log carriers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Log carrying people. Oh, oh, there was a good chain line right there, too. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse is no time to wear wearing a shirt with epaulets. <laughs> Rick should know the way now, too. He's been there. He's been there, but he's not a. He's not as well traversed in the, the geography of of dodging geeks like like Glenn apparently is. Yeah. In- interesting character moment for, for Rick. You know, for, it really goes to show that, um. He, you know his 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 caring side or his, his you know shows his empathy. Which I think is where we get the big contrast between him and um, him and Shane, especially in this scene here. It'll be interesting to see how this carries over into the next season when Shane and Rick still kind of you know leading this pack, and who's with Rick clearly taking control, and how that's going to affect. Shane as a character since we we're in uncharted territories. Mm-hmm. I I predict tension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even the next couple episodes of the season. <laughs> yeah. So which person when they were frantically escaping the city was the one who remembered to grab clothespins like that? Nah. <laughs> I don't grab even pic- own clothespins. <laughs> grab your pictures, grab your photo albums, you grab the clothespins. No, it's probably whoever owns the RV. So Dale, like, I mean, they probably probably had them. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. He's, he's in an RV, he's already, he's already camping, he's probably used to washing clothes, you know, having to dry them. I lost my hat. <laughs> Andrea not minding a lack of brush or comb. Yeah. Yeah, she she's racking the big hair. Needs that bag and needs that hat. Wonder how much Dodge paid him to make sure they put that challenger in the in the show. A bright red one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know because generally when 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 there's product placement you aren't supposed to use the products in certain ways like hot wiring them. That would be generally one of the things I would think of that if I was the one owning who owned the car I wouldn't want that done. Yeah, Dale's beard does look a little 
a little shaggier than it did before. <laughs> this bolt holder cutter is just perfectly fit in that toolbox. Dale knows how to accessorize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this uh, this gym line coming up too. He knows what's up. He's like, we can get some more out of this. It was a good decision to kind of seed some gym stuff here a little bit earlier in the season so he doesn't come out of nowhere when he gets bit. Yeah, for sure. Like, Jim wasn't a... No, certainly not one of the larger characters in the in the comic. So. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing in the comic. I don't think they set him up like this. I think it's just all yeah. of a sudden, oh my gosh, Jim is bit. Who, well, who the heck is Jim? Which, I mean, it's not necessarily a failing of the comic. It's kind of what I guess Russ was saying before. It's one of those... Or maybe it was Aaron, I forget, but the, the the economy of the comic page, sometimes it just takes too many panels to do something. You, you're squandering that space for other information that's more pertinent to the story. There's times in, in this show where um, Reedus's Daryl Dixon reminds me a lot of his Scud character from Blade Two. <laughs> Especially just a minute ago, when we saw him where he's you know kicking the horn with his foot and telling him, "Come on, let's go." He's ready to ready to roll out. That is a great pistol. Yeah, looks like you can pack a wallop. Yes. Look <laughs> at Shane holding a pose. That's one of those guns you give a first timer to range to laugh when they get f- uh, flung backwards after their first shot. Thump themselves in the head. Yeah, yeah exactly. Their their arm just flies up. <clears throat> they haven't plant their feet or anything. I like this Carl moment too. There's not a lot of Carl in this season, but they they use him well, I think. Yeah, especially in this episode. Going back to what you brought before with the character work, um, especially in this episode, they do a good job of setting up his relationship with Shane, um, which is yeah. something. Uh, once again, I don't think they went into too much in the comic, but it no. just makes sense here, and it's a great little addition. Um, it, it fuels the emotions of, of not only him and Shane, but also Rick and, and Lori as well, as they see this kind of third party moving in on on something he shouldn't be, pretty much. You know, I mean, I mean it, that's kind of debatable, <laughs> much more than many other things he moves in on that he shouldn't over the course of the season. But it's one of those, that's kind of a step too far. You know, you should not be doing that. For sure. And it makes it, yeah, again, it makes it very interesting to see where the series is going to go since we're in and out of the exact plot lines of the comic versus the show. So it's, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're hinting at. <laughs> <laughs> I need to give him these logs. <laughs> <laughs> if 
The Walking Dead is a equal log carrying opportunity show. Even the main characters yeah. carry logs. And it's funny the way Dale said that. Even there was a little bit of contempt in him because I think we we're all pretty much know that Dale's Dale's up on what's going on between Lori and Shane. Well, I mean, you figure if Shane is well aware of what's going on inside their tent while he's keeping watch, presumably Dale's kept watch a few nights too. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Dale, Dale is Dale's a smart man. Yeah, he's been around the block a few times, probably in the RV. <laughs> This was really yeah. tough because you really want to hate Shane. You really want to hate him. And then this is one of those moments where he's sitting here with Carl where you're just like, he's not really that bad of a guy. He's really trying to, you know, take Carl's mind off of what's bothering him with his father just coming back and leaving again and trying to, you know, trying to, to lighten the mood up a little bit. For sure. Right. It, goes, it goes into why I really like Shane in this series. So especially having seen the whole season now and kind of looking back and thinking of the position that he's in where like he he, he had a certain thought about where Rick was like he did. He didn't think I mean, no one would think it's good for Rick in that situation. He's in a coma in a hospital and it's hard to say he's, he wasn't necessarily moving in as much as kind of helping Laurie and, and Shane cope with things in a sense. And yeah, it's neat to neat to watch his character how how we see his character now, having seen the whole season and seeing where he's coming from exactly. Yeah, make makes him a bit more conflicted and, and maybe a bit more understandable in some elements, but also I mean they bring in like the whole attempted rape in episode six, I guess six. it is. I mean, that's kinda new. So they're they're padding both ends of the emotional emotional spectrum for him in terms of yeah. how much you can feel for him, which which is cool. It adds a new dimension. Yeah. Again, again, I mean, all of his actions aren't justifiable. That's for sure. There's, there's certain. I mean, a lot of people can rightfully hate Shane, and I don't. I'm not. You know, from a character standpoint, I don't think he's like a stand-up person. But he does a lot of very good and interesting things throughout this. Throughout this. Oh season. yeah. This is a good scene. <laughs> kind of takes you one direction, swings back around, and after you after you've just started to like Shane a little bit in that scene with Carl you get to this where you kind of like him but for a different reason and you're kind of frightened as well and then this happens it looks like a person who just needs a good punch in the face that's a He's the worst kind of character. He's not like drinking. He's not doing drugs that we can see. He's just, just a jerk. Yeah. He's just, he's just a bad guy. <laughs> like, I know you guys have got a lot of hate on the fact that you guys hate Lori. Well, not hate Lori, but I, I, I don't know you, you've been, you've been given some, you got, we, you guys have expressed not being Lori's biggest fan in general and in the comic mainly, but in the show kind of too, you've got, you've gotten flack for that in the past. And I know I'm a little new here, but I, I'm not a big Lori fan. <laughs> I do give her a lot of credit, though, for as soon as he's back now, she's cutting it off. Even if she made some very, very questionable and poor decisions in the month or so that he was gone and she thought he was dead, she's at least trying to buy that back as much as she can right here, right now. No questions 
Or, or no ifs, ands, or buts, I mean. Also not giving them a chance to talk, which kind of annoys me. <laughs> And just that look on Shane's face and just the way it's going to play out at the end of this episode. It's, just, it's well done. Oh, here we go. Great, great kill coming up right here. Yep. Oh, yeah, there are zombies in this show. <laughs> There's so much good character work, I forgot. Would a crossbow actually go, or would a crossbow bolt actually go all the way through a human skull like that? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with you know standard archery, but not not crossbows. Maybe uh, maybe Merle, or sorry, Daryl. Maybe Daryl uh, modified his crossbow a bit. <laughs> he added nitrous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he charged up before he shot it. That that particular word he just used there, I think I made the comment when the episode first aired that I'd never heard that word on t- television before. I take that back now because I've seen a couple episodes of other shows that use it as well, but it's still particularly shocking, I think. Hmm. Oh, I forgot he's a wife beater, too. God, just everything about this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, the use of music here is interesting, uh, Bear McCreary's score, because it's, it's very much paying tribute to um, 28 Days Later with the, the way it, it's, um, it's going for John Murphy's score. He uses That track's called In a Heartbeat, which has been used a lot in other... Uh, I, I do hear that now that you mention it, and, yeah. And it's, it's not that track, but it's certainly he's definitely evoking that. He's definitely paying homage to that, like, to that music. Which I'll put on put on my uh, movie geek hat, and we'll hear John, we'll actually hear a John Murphy score from Sunshine, I believe, in the last episode. Like that's the music they use, like after the CDC explodes. That's a that connection's because Sunshine and Twenty Eight Days Later, they're both Danny Boyle films. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. For everybody at home, <laughs> so it's not too too out there for reference. I like Sunshine. It was a good movie. Yeah, it's cool. I think it's especially more the more times I watch it because obviously I think obviously there's problems with the last kind of act where it becomes a horror movie over a really and compelling it, sci-fi narrative. It's one of those movies where it's got all those actors who are like, "Oh, it's that guy from that thing." That's where I really started to like Chris Evans a lot, actually. Yeah, Captain, he's really good. Future that, yeah. Captain America. Yeah, like before before and he was just Human Torch. Basically, like he had that comedic shtick, but he really he stepped up his game for Sunshine. I really liked him then. Here we go. Yeah, what, what the, the nice shocking ending? I mean, you you kind of see it coming, but even with that, it's a uh, man. This gnarly, as they say, or used to. Wonder why Merle didn't take the hand with him. Maybe he was running out of time. 
Uh, he was also suffering from heat stroke at that point. He wasn't. Yeah, really. a lot of emotions going by when you cut up your own hand. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't exactly have the sense memory to go by to, to uh, think what would I do in that situation. But I wonder where he cauterized that wound. Uh, in the next episode, we see it was. Oh on, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. So that was Tell It to the Frogs. I, yeah. I love this track, this ending track. Yeah. I like the It's yeah, similar to that uh, John Murphy track again, where it just kind of builds and builds and gets to this. It's, it's nicely done. Good job, Bear McCreary. <laughs> we approve. So thank you, Aaron, for coming on with us tonight and discussing the episode. We, we really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And uh, why don't you tell the listeners again where they can find your many, many different uh, media exploits online? All right. Uh, I'll start with Twitter. You can follow me at twitter.com slash AaronsPS3, A-A-R-O-N-S-P-S3. Um, I have my own personal blog site where you can find all my film reviews at thecodazeek.blogspot.com. And um, on the HHWLOD website, I actually have my own page. It's also called The Code of Zeke. And um, I also publish to a site called Why So Blue. Uh, why so blue as in Blu-ray? And uh, what was your podcast called again? Where oh yeah, the podcast that? is uh, so, it, it's so new to us. Um, out now with Aaron and Abe. It's not actually on iTunes yet, but um, you can find us at uh, Facebook.com/slash/OutNowPodcast. Very very cool. So that's it for this episode. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail message about uh, Tell It to the Frogs, about this episode, about some of the news that's been coming out about the show recently, which we'll be talking about next episode, leave us a voicemail at 516-468-7912. Or you can leave us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Don't forget, check out Half Hour Wasted on Mondays and the Legion of Dudes podcast on Thursdays on hhwlod.com. Check out our Facebook groups for Legion of Dudes, Half Hour Wasted, and Walking Dead. Uh, the Walking Dead one has been booming lately. Um, there's been a ton of activity going on over there. So you know, go over to Facebook, search for Walking Dead TV Podcast, or I'm sure we have a link over at walkingdeadtv.com or hhwled.com. But yeah, pretty much all the news that we're going to be talking about on the next episode, it is already up there. Yeah, I've been enjoying that. And you can follow us on Twitter at WDTV Podcast and at HHWLOD underscore network. I'm at Jordan FRM Jersey and Russ is at R. Latham. And what was yours again, Aaron? Uh, Aaron's PS3. Very cool. So until there's no more room left in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, chokeholds are illegal. Have a good week. <laughs> good night. I got Breaking Bad season three, the DVD. Um, oh, nice, nice! And it reminded me of something I'd completely forgotten. You remember in in Walking Dead, the bicycle girl shot of her crawling? Yep. They yep. did that same scene essentially in Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! And uh, I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's the same. They even did it the same way because I was watching the behind <laughs> the scenes. Uh, apparently, AMC is the network of uh, gripping drama and legless people crawling.
They're just big Forrest Gump fans. The internet is not bigger in Texas, so. <laughs> I I live way. I live in a pretty rural area, so we have. I actually had satellite, and that we was have one tube that everybody uses for the internet. Everybody ready? Did I lose everybody? No, no, we're ready. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, 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 I was waiting for other people to respond. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought you were. And never mind, Jordan. I'm sorry. You, you thought Are I was pulling a Edward the Explorer. Does anybody else see Swiper the Fox or whatever? <laughs> yeah, something like that. We should leave that in. <laughs> I yeah. might put it as a blooper. Because otherwise, if, if, if I forget to put stuff there. <laughs>